Good morning, day or night, everybody. <laughs> Today we've got a quote-unquote slightly interesting story for you. And of course a fun fact, this time dealing with herpetology and reptiles. But before we get into that, I'm going to turn it over to my bubla in case <laughs> she wants to give a little brief uh, description Okay, story. it is an interesting story. I think this case is very interesting to me. I just didn't know what you would find interesting, per se, because you don't know the case beforehand. But I think it's very interesting because it's one of my favorite Unsolved Mysteries cases from back in the day, back in the Robert Stack original days. I don't know who that is. He's the host of Unsolved Mysteries, the original one, and he gives me all the feels, and I would leave you for him in a second if he was alive. But anyways... <laughs> It's one of my favorite Unsolved Mysteries cases that happens right before 9-11, and she's a doctor, so can we find her? Because she's still missing. Sounds fun. We'll, uh, we'll find out. <laughs> but before we do that, fun fact time! What you got? So this one deals with a very famous pet that a lot of people love to have. They're on the rage. Anytime you go to a pet store, you just gotta look at them, and that would be a bearded dragon. A lot of people own them, a lot of people like to learn about them, but not a whole lot of people really know this interesting fact, and that is... They love they, people. They do. I love bearded dragons. They all have their own unique personality, and it's just, it's great. It's wonderful. They're not just lizards. No, they come up to the glass, they're like, hey people, I love yeah. you, and I'm like, hi little guy. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> uh, but yes, so the fact that not a lot of people know, and... Some of the terminology, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, so forgive me, but they have, since they're scavengers and they travel on the ground looking for food, they can't really keep looking up since their main predator would be a bird or hawks or anything bigger than them, really. They have developed, (laughs) I speak English, I promise, they have developed a special sensory organ on the very top of their head. It looks like a slightly dark gray scale, completely different than all their other scales, in the dead center of their head, that kind of acts as a third eye. Very zen. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But unlike their regular eyes, which, you know, have the retina, the iris, and all this stuff, this eye isn't as developed, and it only allows them to see shades, like certain, like, shadows and figures and stuff. And this allows them to look on the ground, scavenge for food, but also kind of be mindful or given an alarm if, say, a bird or something flies overhead. They can kind of sense that that danger and, you know, get back to the brush. That's so gross. I, I, like, I see bearded dragons a lot. I've been to a lot of exotic pet stores. I've had lizards. But I've never, like, when you pet a bearded dragon, never thought about touching an eyeball up there. That's so yeah. gross. Yeah, it's great. I used to work at a... Uh, Petco, and I love playing with all the different animals and uh, reptiles and such. Yeah, again, I promise, I speak English. But I used to love playing with all the reptiles and such, and when I learned this fact, I was like, ooh, I gotta see it. So the next day, I found one, a couple of them, picked them up and took a look, and sure enough, yeah, there's a little gray scale. It was so cool. That's weird. I didn't know that, but I mean, it's a pretty good fact. It's pretty good. That's great. And don't worry so much about damaging by, you know, the bearded dragons love to have their head pet and whatnot. But like I said, it's not like a normal eye, so it's not like if you poke it, it's going to really do anything. Gross. Yeah. Just don't thump it. Well, thank you for that information. I did not know. And I, I mean, I feel like I kind of understood what lizards were about. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, today's case is 
basically about the day before 9-11 and the couple days following, but this is a September 10th, 2001 missing persons case. Are you ready to get into it? I am. Okay, so today's case is the missing persons case of Dr. Sneha Ann Phillip. Now, I don't actually know how to say her name. I've heard it pronounced Sneha and Sneha, but in the Unsolved Mysteries case, which her husband, her cousin, and her friend were all interviewed, and Robert Stack says Sneha, so that's what I'm going to say, because I feel like if it was wrong, they would have corrected him before the episode went out. So I'm going to say Sneha. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. So, Snea was living in New York City with her husband, Ron Laborman, and they were both doctors, which is, like, kind of a power couple, if you ask me. That's pretty badass. <laughs> but they met in Chicago when they were going to med school. Snea actually was a year ahead of him. She took a year off school just to graduate with him. She went traveling for that year. And I thought that was pretty romantic, taking a year off school to graduate with your boo. I thought that was cute. <laughs> but they both lived in New York, where they both had residencies at different hospitals. They didn't actually work together. She was actually on her second residency after being terminated from her first one because of tardiness and tendency to drink a little too much, more than the average person. But Snea actually thought she was terminated because she was turning down advances from a coworker and they were above her. So she thought she got terminated for that. But she was on her second residency. She got a job after that. Now on the morning of September 10th, Snea actually had a court appearance for this sexual harassment claim that she had filed after she had been terminated from that first position she had. So the September 10th morning, she had court. She went with her husband, Ron. He attended with her, and they went to breakfast together afterwards. After that, Snea went back to her apartment to do some cleaning up. Her husband was going to stay with her in about a week, and Ron left for work. He actually had to work that day. So Snea went to court that morning. They had breakfast. She went home. Ron went to work. And after that, we only don't have a couple things that Snea did that day, but she had the next three days off. So she had the 10th, 11th, and 12th off of work. She had actually been suspended from her second job. We don't actually know the reason why, or at least I don't, but she had a three-day suspension. So she was taking off. She was going to clean the house and run some errands. I would like to say one thing, okay. is that everybody loves being a doctor because they do make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And all that money goes to all that debt. Oh, that medical school debt? Oh. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't have any school debt, and I'm hella proud of that. Mm-hmm. Guess yeah. you can't say the same. Nope, I got lots of debt. You can keep that debt. Mm-hmm. Now, that night of September 10th at 11.15 p.m., Ron came home and found that Snea wasn't there in their apartment. Now, he wasn't too concerned about this. It didn't raise any flags, other than the fact that Snail usually called him when she wouldn't be home. She had a tendency to not like spending the night by herself if she was going to be home late, so she would crash at her brother's house or her cousin's house or friend's house, but she did always call him to tell him where she would be so he wouldn't worry, but she did this one time, so he didn't think too much about it. Now, if you were expecting me and I wasn't somewhere I was supposed to be, would you be concerned? Probably not. Probably not, no. I'm chill. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently he was too. What wasn't chill, though, is an Unsolved Mysteries. They showed their wedding tape. And they're like, you know, when you get married, whatever you kiss and stuff. It was like the romanticest shit I've ever seen in my life. It was like in there. It was like. And she's gorgeous, too. It was like really Where's romantic. Involved? No, but it was like. I've never seen like. <laughs> 
I don't know. That was super romantic. I was like, oh. Did you do the classic dip? No, no, no. But she was like, uh, she was Indian descent, so she was dressed in the, like their pretty outfits. He was wearing like a regular suit, like you'd see a white guy wear, and it was so pretty. It was so pretty. Anyways, sidetrack. It was a really cute wedding video. Look it up on YouTube. Now, Ron went to bed that night thinking that Snail would call him in the morning when she woke up, but she didn't, and he didn't think too much about it again, thinking maybe she had slept in, and he had headed to work for the next day. Now, this is the morning of September 11th, 2001, and as we know, things don't go that well that day, to put it lightly. Now, Ron had a morning meeting, and then he proceeded to head on to the rest of his shift, but the TVs were on inside of the hospital, and you could see that the first plane had struck the Twin Towers. So, obviously, they knew something big was happening, and Ron actually decided to go ahead and start calling and seeing if she was okay. He didn't know exactly where she was, of course, but he figured that he would just keep calling her, contacting her family and the house to see if she was home, but he couldn't get a hold of her. And then shortly after that, all of the phone lines went out because, of course, everyone's using the bandwidth trying to get a hold of their friends and family because they knew something big was happening. So the phones weren't working. So after a little bit of that, which something I don't agree with in a second, I'll tell you, Ron actually decided to leave and hit a ride with an ambulance to go downtown to their apartment. They lived only 11 blocks away. Normally you could possibly walk that, honestly, if you wanted to, but downtown roads were closed because of debris and smoke and everything from the World Trade Center. So he decided to hitch a ride with an ambulance, which were the only vehicles allowed downtown at that time. It actually took six hours to go 11 blocks. But anyways, he made it back to their apartment only to find that he couldn't get inside the building and been locked up and all the electricity was out. So he couldn't actually get into his own apartment to see if Snail was inside and see if she was okay. I'd break into it. You think, right? A neighbor yelled down from the top and like he asked if Snail was inside. He said no, but like, I don't know who's home beside me, you know? That's because you're not a people person. Not a people person, but you think, I mean, I don't know if they were or not. But anyways, he couldn't get inside, so he actually decided to spend the night at a friend's house nearby because he couldn't get in his own apartment. So I honestly, when I first heard that, I was like kind of like mad a little bit, if it makes any sense, because he's a doctor. And then he decides to leave as soon as like the shit goes down. Yeah. Like stay at the hospital. People are going to need a doctor there. Yeah. That's my first thought. But maybe I'm just selfish. Maybe. <laughs> He's off shift. Ain't his problem. I mean, technically, but, like, nothing like this has happened before. They're huge buildings. Something's going down. Like, the whole... Everything's covered in smoke and debris. I would think he'd stay at the hospital, but that's just... I mean, he's still a victim in this story, too, because he doesn't know where his wife is. But still, that's what I thought. Anyways, the next morning, he did go back to the apartment and was able to gain access to it. So he went up to his floor, opened his apartment to find it was covered in, like, smoke and debris and soot because one of the windows had been left open but it was clear that Snea hadn't been there from the time at 8 40 in the morning i think when the first plane struck is when like a lot of the debris started to happen so it's clear that she wasn't home at that time and hadn't been there since because there was a blanket of soot everywhere and the only thing you could see in it was little feet prints little paw prints from their cat that had been walking around in it so it's obvious that Snea hadn't been there nothing had been disturbed also who leaves their house with the window open i'd be scared someone's gonna come in through my window. I mean, I guess you do it. Yeah, but I'm on a second story. Yeah, I guess. And it's a straight drop. <laughs> you can put a ladder up there if you wanted to get into a second floor. Like, it's not that hard. I would let somebody break into my home. Okay, okay. Sheesh. I'm going to break in. This is the South. 
I'm a break in. What you gonna do? Chop you in half. No, you're not. I have a key. It's not even breaking in. <laughs> you're gonna say hi. I missed you, right? I have a lot of weapons. Okay, okay. So Ron couldn't find his wife on the 11th or the 12th. He couldn't get a hold of her on the 11th because the phone lines were down. On the 12th, it's clearly he wasn't. She wasn't in the apartment. He contacted her mom, her brother, to see if anyone had seen her. No one had spoken to her or had her that night of the 10th, where she went missing because she didn't come home that night and didn't call to say where she was. So they tried to file a police report, but it was also very hard to file a police report because again, thousands of other people are missing their loved ones and don't know where they are at this time. So they did take the police report eventually. But it was kind of hard to say, you know, we'll start this investigation immediately. They have a lot of other stuff going on. So it, it took some time for them to even start investigating this case. So when the investigation started, we actually learned some more about what she had done that day on the 10th after they went to breakfast together and she had court. So what has happened after that? She went home and from 1 to 4 p.m. she was on her computer doing random stuff. She had also had like a video chat or DM messages with her mom. So she knows she had talked to her at least till four o'clock. She had to drop off some things at the dry cleaners and she then went to a store, which is like a high-end discount clothing store called Century 21. So to me, like a high-end discount clothing store, I'm thinking like a Nordstrom Rack, you know? What do you think of when you think of high-end discount store? Victoria's Secret. It's not a discount store. Oh, yeah, you're right. Why are you it's thinking expensive. about lingerie? <laughs> That's a high-end. No, like a discount store. So it's uh, just a... I guess. It's Ross Hyatt. I don't know. Anyways, she just went to a clothing store after she went to dry cleaners. And she went shopping by herself. Target. I love Target. And she went shopping by herself. Now, at 6 p.m., she swiped her husband's credit card for $500. She had bought a dress, some shoes, pantyhose, lingerie, and some bed linens. See? Lingerie. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, she had bought some from there. But then... um, we don't have any record of her after that because after she swiped her credit card and she was seen on the surveillance in the store, we don't know what she did after that. We also don't know what happens to the stuff that she had. Like, she bought $500 worth of stuff. I want to know what that stuff is, personally. Like, if she had it at her friend's house, would it be there? If she'd taken it back to the apartment, if she went home, it would be there. Because she did buy this on the 10th before everything happened, but it wasn't found at her apartment, so I don't know where she took it. But $500 is a lot to, like, swipe those two big bags. Now, the cashier at the store afterwards asked about this, said that she was shopping with another Indian woman, and there was someone kind of leaving with her on the surveillance, but no one else saw her with this woman. No one said she was shopping with her. When you see the shopping video, they weren't, like, hanging out together, picking out things together, so I'm not entirely sure if the cashier just saw two Indian women in her store and assumed they were together or they actually were together and they were friends. I don't know. That's racial profiling. I really, I mean, that's honestly what I thought of just because when you see her shopping, it seemed like she was shopping by herself just because you see someone of a similar descent doesn't mean they're together. Especially if she was with this person, there's no phone calls or emails or anything on her phone or her computer communication with this person. Now, maybe she saw someone on the street and was like, hey, Long time no see, let's go to the store. I could see that. But to me, if you were close to someone, you wanted to go spend the day with them, you'd have contact with them somewhere. Online, like on the phone or something. Now, there is a possibility that Sneha left the shopping place and went to get a drink at a hotel across the street. But the hotel actually shut down after 9-11, so we can't actually ask 
did they see her there afterwards? We don't know because, again, she was fired from her first residency because of a tendency to drink. So, we know she did like to grab a drink, but who doesn't? But, honestly, that's all we know is that she was seen on surveillance at the store and that's it. Now, there's a couple conspiracies and things, like, that could lead us to what happened. But do you think maybe she had problems with her first residency? She had this sexual harassment claim. She had dealt with court that morning. You think she walked away from her life when she saw the planes hit? Or did she run away beforehand? Or do you think something happened to her? Or do you think she died in 9-11? If she had died in 9-11, I feel like they still would have found something in the cleanup and such. Okay, but there was like a thousand people unidentified still that, you know, so we can't say for sure because we don't, I mean, not everybody's going to be found with something that big and that terrible happening. But here's one of the conspiracies though, is that maybe she had ran into a friend at the store and she's been denied their house. She just forgot to call her husband, right? She wakes up the next morning, is headed home because it is only 11 blocks from the World Trade Center and is like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm a doctor. I need to help. And she goes in there and she's trying to save people and she gets caught and all that and dies. That is a possibility. It's yeah. actually what her husband thinks and what Unsolved Mysteries tried to push. Yeah, because anything other than that doesn't lead us to believe that she wanted to get away from, from her husband or anything like that. So No, but people were like, well, maybe she spent the night at a friend's house and then she saw this happening and she tried to help. Yeah, that'd be my guess. But I want to know where she was on the 10th. Why didn't she come home? Why didn't she call him? Like, that's that to me is weird. That's just not normal. Now, her apartment surveillance footage actually shows a woman. We it, The sun was glaring in everyone's faces, so you couldn't actually see, like, a good profile of who this woman was. They were standing at the lobby of the apartment building at 8.40 a.m. Now, they said it looks kind of like her, but again, you can't see. And the first plane hit the World Trade Center at 8.46. Now, I doubt she was standing there in the lobby for six minutes, staring, and then walks out the door. Because that's what the woman does. She looks at the elevator, and then she walks out the door of the front building. Now, if you thought you heard something, you look outside to go see it. But six minutes? You're not going to stand there for six minutes. Unless you're waiting for someone. Ah! Yeah, that's true. Unless you're waiting for someone. But she didn't go up to her apartment. Well, at least she didn't have her shopping bags with her if she did. I mean, unless the surveillance footage from the apartment complex was wrong. Maybe it was like 8.45 when you see the woman stand in the elevator. 8.46, plane hits. She looks outside. She's like, oh, what is going on? And she doesn't come back. She runs to help. That's a thing. Yeah. Now, some people think she might have run away because her husband found out that she was bisexual. And she left. I think that's a bit of a stretch. They said she loved gay bars and lesbian bars. But who doesn't? That is the best kind of bar, especially if you go to a gay bar and you don't get hit on. That is, like, the best thing to do if you're out drinking and you're female by yourself. Go to a gay bar. It's great. It feels fun. And people say that there's this claim. It's actually in the police report, but her brother actually denies this. But it's in the police report written down that Snay and her brother were fighting because he had found his girlfriend in bed with her si- with his sister, Sneha. Why this is in the police report feels like some reason to blame why she's missing especially if he denies this to unsolved mysteries you know mm-hmm. i don't see someone's sexuality as relevant revel- revelant to where they are i still i still think it's the first one that she went to help and just something happened 
You do? Yeah, because I just I don't see anything substantially that would back up a reason for her to run away or like our first one be kidnapped or killed or anything. So I think she was kidnapped. Why? It happened on the tenth. I think if you have a habit, you're gonna call your husband when you get home and then you break it. You know, something could have happened to you, and you know what? Because nine eleven happened afterwards. I mean, of course, no one expected that to happen. But they didn't have the resources to even look for her and see what happened to her. And New York's a big place. There's a lot of creeps. So, I don't know. I mean, there was only one thing that could possibly mean she was inside the World Trade Center at that time. Her mom said that she had a wedding coming up just in the relevant future. Didn't have a date for it. That her friend was going to get married in the World Trade Center. And there was a restaurant inside that she was going to go check it out at some point. But I don't see her going to check out a restaurant at 8 o'clock in the morning on the 11th, you know? So I don't... I think something happened to her, and then no one investigated it because of what happened. You think she helped? I mean, that's the most noble thing to think. Yeah. Let's suppose either possibility were true, but that would really be the only two possibilities I could really think of. Her husband thinks that she went in there. He actually filed with the courts to make her part of the victim list for 9-11. They denied it. It took them seven years, but she actually was eventually added to the list of 9-11 victims. But if she went missing on the 10th is why they didn't want to add her in the first place, because she technically wasn't there. Yeah. So you think she went down with uh, everything else that went down that day? Possibly. Oh, you got to give me more than that. Yes. Yeah, I I, I think that there's a a big possibility that that's more than likely what happened. But why didn't she come home on the 10th? Why didn't she call him in the morning, like, or that night? She didn't tell anyone. No, I mean, she had a cell phone and everything, so I don't know why she wouldn't call anybody or get to someone's house and be like, hey, I'm safe. To me, that's like what every rational woman does, because you always think something could happen to you. Yeah, but... There's always random things. I guess, but she had spoken to her mom at 4 p.m. that on the 10th, that afternoon. So you think that if she was going to go spend the night with somebody or something, she would at least mention, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend the night at them with them's house, blah, whatever. Unless they went out drinking. Yeah, that's she got true. drunk. And then passed out at someone's house. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. But what happened to the shopping bags? And why did this person never come forward and say, hey, she's not missing. She was with me that night. Yeah, because, I mean, if it's been on Unsolved Mysteries, people have seen this case, and if her friend had seen it, hey, she was with me that night, she went out that day. I mean, she could have been in transit to go back home. Wait, was she, where was she when this went down? Like, when? We don't know. We only saw her shopping on the 10th at 6 p.m., and then we don't know what happened to her. So we don't know what she did all that night, that afternoon. Because she could have been on her way home. With her bags and everything, and then everything went ha- went down. Yeah, exactly. But she just left her bags. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks is that she had spent the night and then just decided to drop everything and help people because she was a doctor and it's the best you know yeah. thing to do. But I want to know where she was that night. She didn't call home. That's weird to me. Well, we can't micromanage everybody. No. But if I just disappear. Don't blame it on something else. Just be like, she would have disappeared on this day. I didn't hear from her. That's weird. Because if you didn't hear from me all night, you would think something's up. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> you send me 20 TikToks and I didn't send you like a staff <laughs> text. <laughs> you would think something's weird. All the cat talks. <laughs> Messing up my feet. But anyways, that is the story of Dr. Snea and Philip. 
Now, everyone keeps leaving me as a doctor, but she was a doctor, so I'm going to call her by her proper title here. So what do you think, honestly, like, do you think it's an interesting case? Because I know we just talked about, is this interesting or not? Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Um, I would say that it could have been on, you know, one other show, your, your murder mystery shows, and then The Twilight Zone. Because freaky stuff always happens on The Twilight Zone. Did you say murder mystery, like Unsolved Mysteries, isn't that bitch? Yeah. It is. That's why I do a little dance when the theme song comes on. Because it is that. It is that show. And it was, it's one of my favorite episodes. If you actually go on YouTube and just keep binging Unsolved Mysteries old episodes, it's one of the most popular ones that come up. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a few episodes here and there. I took, you know, I took psychology, forensics, anatomy, two years of criminal justice in high school. And Whoa, you're high school at criminal justice? That's so fancy. Yeah, the one in Georgia. Yeah. So fancy. And uh, I loved it, and it was great, but just watching, like, shows like that where, you know, you have actual cops and stuff that it's like a documentary style. It's so monotone, and it just, like... It just gets me out of it, I guess. That's the thing about Unsolved Mysteries is people used to say it creeped them out. It was just so low and drawn No, out. the, the stories it. the stories themselves are fantastic. They're great. It's just how the cops and detectives talk. It's just so, like, man. Yeah, there's new stuff now, though. Like, I mean, like, podcasts like this, there's new stuff oh, that yeah. definitely amps up the story. A lot of people find, like, Unsolved Mysteries, Forensic Files, Cold Case Files very... Beep. But like, oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I get that. I like it. I like it a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the stories are very interesting, and it uh, definitely makes you think and become a uh, conspiracy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's why everybody's like, no, this happened. She was like being noble and stuff. I'm like, I hope so. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, I need to know where she was. But, anyways, thank you so much for joining for that episode. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, hopefully see you again next uh, week. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.